I'm sure it's no surprise that I harbor a ton of insecurities about, well, a ton of things. If you are a longtime listener, then you'll know I struggle with a never-ending battle with how I feel about my body, my relationship with food, booze, sleep, family. And if you're a real deep-cut listener, then you've definitely heard me share a few stories about getting bullied as a kid and not really having great memories about growing up. It was tough. I had two very best friends in elementary school that I remember just loving, and they totally ditched me. And from what I can see on the internet, I think they are still very close. I wouldn't necessarily say that it, like, bothers me, but it does give me pause. Why am I not close with any of the kids I grew up with? Why am I a person that doesn't have some, like, sisterhood of the traveling pants click? The only two friends from early life that I have is my brother and my cousin, Sarah. Sarah is not technically my cousin, but our mothers are best friends and they have been for a long time. And Sarah and her family are as close as family as I feel and I can get. And the funny thing about my brother is we were like sort of mortal enemies growing up. Um, And then I think things turned in high school and then we became friends. But Sarah and I, you know, we were both in San Francisco in our early 20s, and we were real buck wild. What I was going to say is all of my Facebook memories, like from the beginning of Facebook, is you and me just being fucking dinglings all (laughs) over the place. But we had a good time. We did. I mean, there's so many times where you're just like, How did I get myself in this situation? Oh, I'm with Liz Cully. That's how I got myself in this situation. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, also, you get me into... I don't know. I'm like, no, I guess it's really... I'm trying to think of an example where you got me into some sort of situation, but no. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, I think I got us into the situation where we got kicked out of the CVS. Yeah, which I you came down to L.A. when I was in L.A., you weren't you came down to help me pack. And so I got you in that situation. My God, in the fucking La Brea, um, like the third and. Fairfax, like where the Whole Foods is. Yeah, it's the third and Fairfax by the Grove, which ended up becoming my like CVS for forever. It's not anymore, but it was just like funny. No, because you lived in, um, what are they, why am I blanking on the name? Park La Brea. Park fucking La Brea. I lived in Park La Brea. Which is so funny because then I like lived right there. But, you know, you, I call you my cousin. I think of you as my cousin. Like, hundred, you know what I mean? There has never been, it's so funny. I've, as you know, moved my parents out of their respective apartments a bajillion times. And really in looking at any photo of us growing up. I mean, it's like you, me, Richard, I mean, and then kind of our ancillary, like your old next door neighbors, Oliver and Thomas, you'll see a Catherine in there. Like we had this little crew of kids. Obviously our parents were friends. Our moms were best friends and had done all sorts of wild things together. Um, Your parents got married at my parents' house. Correct. I and got you married. Also at- got married at my parents' house. I got you married got married at my parents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, 
you know, I think it's – I have this weird – I don't know if it's like insecurity. I was telling you this before. But I don't hang out with anyone from childhood truly except for you and Richard, my brother. I mean, I see people at your house. Like I said, like I, I adore Thomas and Oliver. It's not that like I don't trust them and love them. I just like Thomas lives in fucking – Copenhagen or something yeah. and Oliver is like doing his thing and I see him you know at the holidays really but I would say like a, a mainstay person in my life I don't have many people from childhood but you do like you're still homies yeah. with everyone we kind of grew up with yeah which is interesting yeah it's just I am like I feel like I'm the opposite like my best friend Catherine, I mean, you know Catherine, you're all have been in the the whirlwind together. Like I've known her since we met at Time for Twos. We've been best friends for at this 37 years at this point. And, you know, even though we don't like we don't necessarily talk every day, but like we always make time for each other and hang out. And I am the opposite. Like I have so many friends that I've met later in life. We're like my best friends from college. And, you know, and I don't have any of that. Like, I don't think I have a single person I know from college's number in my phone. Like, well, I don't have any best. Well, I mean, I'm friends with Catherine, but like, I don't. But I think you and I lived a similar situation where like we went to a lot of different schools. We both yeah. went to boarding school. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we've both endured institutional wrongs. That's like a big yes. one for me right now. I'm really unpacking like institutional wrongdoing and anger. It's really intense. I'm like, uh, I hate schools. Schools are bad. Um, I think Correct. Rachel just I fell went, off the I, roof. I am like you. I was a part of the uh, troubled teen industrial complex. So I I feel that. <laughs> Well, and so I think, you know, we we know a lot of people like, you know, yeah. so many people. I know so many people. But like even tonight, you're going to dinner with like people that we really, really grew up with from birth. Yeah. And I and I I wonder if like, how do you think the relationships differ or do they from like somebody like me or Catherine or Oliver or Richard, I mean, Richard is Richard, but <laughs> Richard's both of our brothers. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, like, I consider Richard my brother. For yeah, sure. Richard's for sure. Um, but like, do you think it differs from like the friends that you met? Like, for instance, when you and your husband Clay start, like you guys have those kind of friend groups like who are obviously your very close friends. But do you think that it's different? Do you think that you make more concessions for people the longer you've known them? Or is it more like what you've been through and it doesn't matter versus time? Um, I think it's a little bit of both because like friends that I have made as I'm as I've gotten older, like. I don't want to say it's performative because I have like good friends that, you know, I see and I make efforts to see because if it, I need to make efforts for my friends because I could just go into my hole and just be like, see ya. Right. <laughs> you're there. But um, friends that I've made as I'm older, sometimes I feel like it's a little bit more of an effort to maintain and cultivate those friendships. Whereas like you, Richard, Catherine, I feel like I could just like, for hanging out, we could literally just be hanging out 
sitting on each other's couches, looking at our phones or watching something. And we're not necessarily like doing anything, but we're just together. And like, also, if the shit really hit the fan, I know who to call. And it's going to be you, Richard, Catherine, Oliver, Thomas is in Copenhagen, but you know. I mean, Richard's in Hawaii, but. That's true. (laughs) Fair enough. But yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I think that's, it's an interesting thing. Like, but I, I just see, and I don't know, again, like, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I see, you know, on social media, like kids that we grew up with in Marin and they're all best friends still. Like from swimming and like all that shit that we did together. And I guess maybe some people look at all of us and they're like, oh, my God, they're all still best friends. Like they're all family. You know what I mean? And maybe I'm just being silly. But I do kind of look at some friends that I had growing up. I'm like, wow, I don't talk to those motherfuckers at all. So I interviewed these two podcasters who were coming up that were friends growing up. And then they kind of reconciled and they've come back together as friends in L.A. But I think it's interesting that you make the point of just being able to kind of be around people and having such familiarity and being comfortable. But I think I really like their podcast because they have known each other for so long. So they don't have to kind of do what you said, like that perform. It's not performative. I hear what you're saying. It's kind of complicated because you're like, oh, it's kind of performative. I think it's like effort. I think it's effort, like yeah. effort, you know, might not be the right word. It's just, yeah. Like sometimes I feel like I have to just be like, okay, we're on. And we're sure. being in, where it's like when I'm around people that I've known for 35 plus years, I can just be like, here I am. Like right now, like I'm just, I'm in my gym clothes and just like, Bleh. I mean, but, same. I don't know what you thought. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you thought. Like, <laughs> Which, by the way, is a joke for you because you're like the fucking fashion makeup queen of the world. So, but you like turn looks. So it's like, I get it. You got to like, you got to have downtime. You know what I mean? You can't just be fucking out here just like breaking necks, doing like turning it out. But you will tonight because you're going out to dinner. I have an outfit. Uh 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 Um, Just because I have to ask, am I the exact same as I was as a child as I am an adult? Yes. Really? Not in like, I mean, everyone changes. You're not like 100% the same. None of us are. But I would say like, you've always been loyal as fuck. <laughs> you've always, you've never had a filter. And mm. you just, you say what you think and you have a quick wit and you are ready to like, you have an opinion, you have a thought, you have contribution to a conversation always ever since you were a kid you have just like a true genuine good air about you that's always been there that's nice (laughs) i thought you were gonna be like you talk too much you're annoying it's all the same you know no 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 no. i think when you were like a teenager and in your 20s and i mean i could absolutely say the same thing we all were just you know we're you know you were Chasing the party, chasing the boys, no. Getting- Not chasing boys anymore. No, nope. But like, you <laughs> just- Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely just like a thousand things. You're here, you're there. But like, that's youth. So I think, generally, I think you're exactly the same. I don't, I'm not gonna, it's not like you were a bitch when you were 
a child, not a child, but like as a teenager, now you're not a bitch or you weren't then and now you are. It's like, you're the same person, like the, it, the genuine core. core, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah, and it's same for you. Though I will say you really like, it's been so amazing. Like Clay, like that's Sarah's husband who I really... Had to make sure he was uh, up to snuff for you, but I adore Clay. But you've like really, you know, come into you. You've just had like such a great run the last like ten plus years. You know what I mean? How long have you and Clay been together? Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. Fuck. Well, and folks, before that, Sarah and I were going to uh, meetup. Meetup. dot com. Uh, is it meetup. dot com or was it an app? Uh, it was .com. I think it's an app. I still get emails to my hotmail Dude, from Dude, I still get com. emails from that beer group we went to where I made out with the leader of that beer group. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's when I met the guy in the wheelchair. Remember? Yes. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Here's the thing, Sarah. Both, I'm sure the uh, the listeners, I, it's like I can't even really have you on here for a full episode because... You really know too too much. I'd have to kill you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, just too much. God. I guess it's good to know that I haven't changed much. And outside of Sarah telling me that I haven't changed much, my diaries definitely confirm it. During the pandemic, like many other people on Instagram, I fell in love with comedian Becky Robinson's character entitled Housewife. If you haven't, seen it, I cannot recommend you look it up enough. And I was thrilled when I saw that she launched a podcast recently with her childhood best friend, Miriam, and it is called Start at Birth. It's totally not what I expected a podcast from Becky Robinson to be, but I love it. It's two people who have clearly known each other for so long, since basically birth, chatting about life that only two people can do when they've really known each other that long. There's not a lot of effort, as Sarah, my cousin, put it. And I don't mean effort like they're not working hard. I just mean like it's not forced. The two of them just clearly love each other and know each other so well. Becky's biggest concern is that people are going to like me more. And my biggest concern is that everyone's going to hate me. Nobody so hates that, you. It's that you're like such a good voice of reason, and I am like just a shit stick of a human, like ping ponging all over the place. And but that's why it, it's so perfect. And you're not yeah. a shit stick. No, but I think it's interesting, even just hearing you say that, because Miriam and I, like Miriam was friends with my older sister. So okay. it wasn't like it was, I think, because I have two friends from childhood. That's it. Um, okay. And we, you're we making me feel sit- better. So we're the same. There's only two, two friends. Okay. And I feel like yeah. Mary and I could never do a podcast with them ever. I, we would kill each other. And I think it's because Miriam and I like weren't, you know, specifically close. Like it was kind of a once removed. Totally. We like, yeah, we knew each other, but yeah, it was a very much like a, I'm friends with your sister and you exist. You know, was your sister mm-hmm. pissed that you guys have a podcast together now? No, but she yeah. likes it. <laughs> I was like, I don't ask her. <laughs> oh, you didn't ask was- permission. It wasn't like one of those things where you have to ask like the other friend if you can become closer. Oh no. I no. mean, Sarah, my sister, my sister stole all my friends. I don't give a damn. 
<laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we basically, we knew each other. And then actually like, not to air too much dirty laundry, but like Becky's sister and I had a falling out. So like, yes, I didn't really it, talk. <laughs> I didn't really talk to either like Becky or her sister for like, like, you know, Becky and I, not because we had a falling out, just because we weren't that close. And Sarah, we, we didn't really talk like through college. It wasn't maybe like our last year of college. We kind of like reconnected for lunch and we're like, oh yeah, we still think each other are like very funny. Like Sarah's hilarious. Love her. Like it was just not as funny as Becky though. Right. Well, she's not a comedian, but she's very funny. I would say Sarah, she's the middle child and she is way funnier than I am, but she's more shy so she Got would it. like feed me the funny stuff and i'd be like look at me <laughs> i'm the youngest and yeah Fair yeah enough. but yeah we like re we reconnected and then that's when like i mean there's so many layers to this but then becky and i um started like i worked at a coffee shop i was leaving <laughs> for that summer becky worked at that coffee shop before she went to college so like we never worked together but she was like my replacement and then, so we were like kind of in that same circle. And then like after that, Becky was in town from like, she had already been in San Diego, started doing standup. And I was friends with Sarah again at that point. And Becky was in town. We all got together. And then I think that's when we even like exchanged numbers and it became like more of a like, oh, we're friends now. And then I moved to LA and it just felt very natural. So you yeah. guys really kind of, because that move to LA, that's almost where you, because it's kind of fun to be in LA and have somebody from your real life living here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because it's a weird fucking place, especially because how you guys so were young. Weird. You were like in your 20s, right? Early 20s. Yeah. 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 I mean, exactly. I, I, Becky was the only person I knew when I moved here. So yeah. She had, she had no one. <laughs> I was I'm desperate. Like, like, Miriam, I'm going to plug you in. You made friends pretty fast, though, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I tried. I work, I, like, work makes it easy. You, like, work in an office, and then you make friends through work, and then it, like, spirals. Or standing outside of a Pilates studio. Becky, what was it like to have, as you were going in, you know, starting your comedy career... I guess maybe even starting some characters or playing with that. How is it to have somebody that like knows quote the real Becky in town? It's very nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just cause well, Miriam, I think just from the jump was like a very no bullshit person, which is like, it can be everyone in LA if you're not careful, you know, like, don't I, don't I know it. Don't you know it? You know, or just like, I really just, from the get-go she was just like very real with me in a way that I felt like no one else was and it was kind of like it felt like family it felt like something your sister would say to you so it was just like yeah this is like I I need this (laughs) yeah I think it's hard I think you know I always say to people when they first first move to LA and I'm sure you guys can besides the fact that you had each other you sort of like meet people and either will know them Forever, for instance, Becky and I were talking about my friend Sarni, who everybody yep. knows through all my podcasts. Um, and Sarni, like, can't shake me. I mean, my God, like, <laughs> we've known each other from jump, right? And then you've, and like, actually, I just reconnected with a friend of mine named Ron, who's a, a comedian as well. His name's Ron Funches. He and I Love met, Ron. like, oh, Ron's yeah. the best. We met, like, 
his first month in LA. And like, that's still my homie. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you meet people and you keep in contact with them or you meet people when you first move to LA and you're like, oh, you're like on meth or like, mm, mm-hmm. what? Like what shady scheme? Or they just can't hack it. Like they they yeah. come here, their parents pay their rent. They like try <laughs> to make it. Like if they're gay, they just get fucking blacked out in West Hollywood too many times and they got to go home. They didn't show yeah. up for work or they just realize that LA is not for the faint of heart. So that's why I kind of loved your story of you guys, you know, knowing each other from well, how were you in kindergarten together? Like, I mean, I know there's the age difference, but was it that long, like elementary school or was it more middle school, high school? Was it Mary Woodward? It was, yeah, like uh, Sarah and I knew each other from elementary school. So Becky was definitely in elementary school, but I was probably in middle school when I was like over at the house a lot and we were close. But yeah, it goes way back. Like, what do your children. parents think about uh, Becky dragging you into entertainment? <laughs> well, I was really, I was really worried because my, like my dad's strict. I talked about it on our podcast. He's Iranian. So I'm half. So grew up in like a strict Middle Eastern household with high expectations. And you really I failed them we were... by becoming an architect, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding. Yes. By becoming um, a really smart, put together architect. God damn it, Miriam. <laughs> Shit. Like, no wonder you had to though. start a podcast. Fuck. Yeah. You know? Got nothing else going on. Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. Okay. So but what they, does your dad think? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was super nervous. Um, and I told them, I was like, okay, we're doing this. And they know, obviously they know I'm friends with Becky and they've like watched her comedy. And they're like, some of this stuff is a little racy, you know, but, um, they, but they think she's funny and they have a good sense of humor. But I told them, I was like, I don't think I want you guys listening. Like, I just don't want it to cause a family feud. Like the last thing I want is for us to like, like we've, we've gotten to a point where like, you're not really my parents anymore. Like we're friends. Mm. I don't want anything to like make you embarrassed or feel like parental again, you know, like let's just, just don't listen to it. And then there's no reason to argue or, or potentially fight, you know, but of course they didn't listen to me and they listened to the podcast, but my dad was like, we were on a call like a few weeks ago and he was like, at the very end, he's like, okay, well, I got to tell you something. And I was like, okay, like, are you sick? Like, what, like, what is it? And he's like, I've been listening to the podcast and I really like it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, it just makes me laugh every day. Like I listened to just hearing your voices and I just think you're both like such good people. And it was like the sweetest, like the best response that I could hope for. And I don't know. It was just like a weight lifted. Like, okay we're good parents are good with it they know and i told him too i'm like you're probably gonna hear me talk about sex and drugs and whatever like if you keep listening you know and because i'm just talking about my life and he's like no he's like i really just like i like to know the person you are and i was like okay (laughs) my parents don't shit yeah if my parents said that i like i think i wouldn't need to go to therapy anymore (laughs) i'm like oh my god suddenly my yeah, exactly. I'm like, my parents don't love me at all. So I, I can't this. understand anything. Becky, like, how did your parents, like, what did your parents think when they started seeing, like, Entitled Housewife and, and you know, some of your other characters? Oh, uh, well, they've been seeing, like, a lot of wacky characters since I was really young. I've, like, always had wigs and been insane. But Entitled was, 
Yeah, I think a lot of them, they're kind of like, uh, they, they had definitely have their favorites. Susie Chapstick was the character I was doing a lot before Entitled. And that character was like birthed on a very specific trip home where my mom was like going to the doctor to what she thought was hear that her cancer had come back. And I like flew home and I, because my dad was out of town and it ended up being like a mistake. And so we like, we went night skiing to celebrate and the whole care, I like went to Goodwill this ensemble happened to fit in the care. I started moguling to like make my mom laugh with a wig on. And she was like, you're Susie Chapstick. And so like, she had a big part in like the creation of that character and just like thought it was really funny. And, and then entitled. Yeah. Again, like entitled was more so me home during the pandemic and just being annoyed by my parents. Cause my mom, like having had, my mom had a brain tumor and cancer. And so she was like, I don't want to be locked down. I want to be inside the house. I'm going to go to the thirsty lion with the girls. And my honestly, fair enough, mom. She should be able to do whatever the fuck she wants to do. Quite frankly. I was like, preach Sinbad. Okay. But then my dad was like going golfing every day and just being home for longer than a holiday for the first time in like whatever, a decade. And just like being a fly on the wall to my parents' antics. I was like, you guys have lost your goddamn minds. And I really think I was like about to lose mine as well. Cause I like hadn't performed in however long, you know, it was like, I didn't really have that outlet. You know, I was like attempting to do a dance on TikTok, but that wasn't enough. And they went out of town for like, they went out of town for like one day. And I just like put on the wig, went in my mom's closet, put on all of her stuff, put on my dad's Oakley's and like the character just exploded out of me. And I was, when I released it, I like, I almost didn't put out the first entitled video because I was like, is it okay to even be posting stuff right now? Like things are scary and and just I don't know if anyone is like wants to be laughing right now at anything. And then I took an edible and I was like, fuck it. Um, <laughs> and I released it. And then once it got like you know a million views or whatever, I was like, oh god, like I want to show my parents because I mean you know I just maybe they'll be proud of something. Like I haven't sure. given them much yet, you know like. <laughs> Like, they're not, what were they supposed to do when, when I got on Wild It Out? You know, my mom was like, like, she's like, what am I supposed to say at the grocery store when I run into Shadia? My daughter's a rapper, you know? I just don't know what to do, Bex. And so she's been very confused by my whole career. She still doesn't understand that, like, performing and, like, what brand deals. Like, she doesn't understand that I am able to earn even a dollar. Like, she doesn't, like, mm. bought, bought a Tesla, like, in cash. And she's like, how? You're like she drugs and and rapping, yeah, and like, rapping and drugs. I'm stripping. I'm rapping. I'm, I'm doing everything. So I show them the first entitled video, like hoping they'll be proud, and it's just dead silence. And finally, my mom gets up and she goes, "You know what, Bex? It's um, it's just a little close to home. It's a little close to home." Okay. And she was upset that I used my dad's country club name in the video, and so they were pissed at first but then once like my dad would go to play golf and all of his friends were like your daughter's entitled housewife like can you get us some merch like can can we get an autograph or something then he started thinking it was cool so they don't think anything is like cool on their own but if someone tells them it's okay then they'll be like all right what you're doing is fine i guess (laughs) i've never identified with anything more um also when you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like ever, um, country club included. When you released that first video, the amount of people that sent that to me that was like, is this your mom? I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Stop. Also, <laughs> like to a T, 
um, just replace the the wine with like fucking vodka because she doesn't drink wine because <laughs> it's too many calories in it apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just made me die laughing. And I think like, you know, people know, I mean, I'm such a wasp. Like I was a debutante. <laughs> oh I was a debutante though and I smoked a blunt and I had a nose ring when I went with my like white gloves. I mean, I don't make any That's sense. Badass. Like as a human being, I just don't. I don't make sense. Like, are you I, from Dallas or where? I'm from San Francisco. San Francisco okay. debutante. That's a whole. I mean, yeah, San Francisco upper echelon of debutante. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I gotta tell you. And then it's like, but at the same time, I've like probably smoked weed with your favorite rapper. So like, it doesn't. Yeah. I just don't make sense. And so a lot of people are like, "What the fuck?" But there yeah, is I this like, that. hysterical like country it is just so funny like i'm a member of a yacht club i don't yeah. have a boat <laughs> oh i heard in your episodes you weren't even allowed to go on boats miriam yeah. what the fuck <laughs> why they tough. thought you were gonna drown on a boat like what no. was the <laughs> that really so struck serious. me i gotta tell you like when yeah. i heard the boat thing i was like damn that's robbery like well, okay. sleepovers were terrible for me. I never even wanted right. to. I was the kid calling my mom at the sleepovers being like, um, my tummy hurts. And my mom's like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And like, I'm like, honey, I couldn't drive if I wanted to. <laughs> literally, literally. Or just being like me, speaking of the Yacht Club, calling the Yacht Club, being like, hi, is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cully at the bar? Um, mm -hmm, this is Elizabeth. Yeah, mm, my tummy hurts again. <laughs> um, can you come pick me up? And like, no. Like, no one would come get me, you know? Oh it was God. terrible. Um, anyway, so why no boats? Okay, well, I recently, a new development on that. My brother said he was allowed to go on boats. Mm. So this Misogyny is, at its yeah, finest. This, yeah. this girl wasn't allowed to go on the boats. Um, but I think there was an association of, like, boating and river people. Because in, in Oregon, it's like rivers are where you're boating. River and it was people? Like, <laughs> you know, like river people and like drinking. So he was like, I don't want drinking. Like you could get in an accident because people are on the boats drinking. So that was, it was a safety concern. Apparently. I was thinking it was have the same thing for my brother. More about around that time. I don't know how old you are. I think you guys are a little younger than me, but I was thinking more. It was like Aruba. Remember that girl like disappeared boats. Aruba. Oh, yeah. Like never a worse time for Could Aruba. Have been. You know what I mean? Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Um to be fair though, too, my parents used to like I didn't realize how weird this was until I got older, but like they the beach they would always boat to was the nude beach. Mm. And when it's like a river, like the Columbia River, it's uh people would come walking. It was always like guys would come walking down in a cutoff tank with a backpack dick askew uh -huh. which is one of the worst ways to like first see a dick yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> like, just, you know i think becky we wonder why we came out later in life and we're interested in women it's because of askew dicks i honestly like little peacocking under the tank top you know yeah just like idiot. what is that it like makes you go in for a closer look and then you look yeah. at it instantly yeah. And it's like just these really like uh just like loose skin, overly tanned butt cheeks. Bad Ugh. stuff. Yeah. Woof. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a good set. That's a great segue um, <laughs> into, I guess, my next line of questioning. So, um, again, and I keep saying when I listen to your podcast, I really do listen to your podcast and everybody should go um, like, subscribe and write a comment. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I always find it interesting speaking to my straight girlfriends and they tell me stories about their like extracurricular activities and it sounds like the gayest shit. Of all time. And before we started recording, Becky and I kind of commiserated with each other that it's like, we're gay, but like not that gay. Like how many times can we be like, yeah, that's like, that's gay. <laughs> I'm like, mm. you know, or I'll like talk to, I feel so insecure sometimes. I like talk to lesbians and they like go on and on and on. And I'm just sitting there like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm, me too. Like, yeah. No, uh, the gayest thing about me is that I'm married to a lesbian. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but you, Miriam, talked about this like naked clothing swap party on oh, your God. podcast. And I am here yeah. to um, to to side with Becky and say that's the gayest shit I've ever heard. And I have never, <laughs> ever as much pussy as I have eaten in my life. I have never <laughs> done a naked clothing swap with a bunch of girls. Um, so Becky, do you feel like, you know, you, like everybody's even more gay than you? Like, have you settled in and you're like, wait, everybody else is the gay one, right? Yeah. 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 Like all my friends, I'm like, you're gay. Like, yeah. You and your girl. Yeah, exactly. Everybody is gay. Like Um, I have a a friend who only watches like, um, woman on woman porn. I'm like, honey, I guess that's, but that is more common than I knew, but yeah. I know, she's been in like a 10 year relationship with a man and just like can only watch and get off to like female on female action. Yeah. Scissor. I'm like, let me tell you a word I never want to say ever again, because I've said it at nauseum in my life, but yes, I mean, <laughs> the, that scissor kick that really gets those straight ladies going. Um, <laughs> how did you have to like come out to Miriam? Or like, what was that like since she's one of your oldest friends here in L.A.? Yeah, I did. Um, Yeah, I mean, I remember being, you were a little weird. I wasn't. I, I, okay. I, it was, it was like a very casual, nonchalant. Becky's like, I went to this bachelorette party and there was a girl there and I think I have a crush on her. Like, I think she, she was like super hot. And I like, and it was Aaron. Um, But I was like. What? And I, I was like, I don't know. Becky says shit all the time. That's funny. So I was like, how come you never felt that way about me? Like, I was like giving her shit. Like, why? How come this? Because the way she was describing Aaron was like, one, she's hot, which I was being self, you know, indulgent and being like, hello, what about me? Um, and Becky kept like rolling her eyes. And then like, I never really got another update. And then she called me and was talking about how she was telling her, like she kept talking to Erin and was like, I think I'm going to tell her that I like her. And like all of a sudden I was like, Oh, crazy. But it was never like you were calling me cause you were struggling with how other friends were responding to it. Yeah. And so I was like, just kind of like, dude, you like who you like, you know, like, I don't know. It's not, you're not yeah. doing anything wrong. Yeah, I my my sister said something early on that kind of stuck. She was just like, "I don't think you should tell mom and dad." Mm. Um, and we had we had a a little bit of a I don't know because we you know our friends introduced us, and then we were both like, 
kind of in things with guys at the time and then started talking and talking more and FaceTiming and stuff. And then like crushes developed, but it was like really scary, like just even noodling on that. And, and then also being like, okay, what are these feelings? And we had to like spend time together to like, like we, we had to do R and D to be like, is this something? And we had to do it also while like not telling our friends. So we would be like, you know, with all of our friends and they'd be like, well, they've gotten close, but you know, they didn't like know anything. And then eventually like shit hit the fan and they were like, you know, something weird's going on with you two. What the fuck? And uh, like, why do you guys keep wearing each other's clothes? (laughs) (laughs) Is that her hair tie? Whose hair tie is that? You guys keep baby, baby birding each other food. Um, (laughs) Eventually I like, I I didn't even know to say, I was like, Aaron and I are attempting lesbianism. And that's just how it came out. And then after that, it was kind of like, all right, tell, I was more wanting to tell people earlier or just give less details and be like, yeah, we're, we're doing this. And that's that. And we're yeah. figuring it out. But I think with our, like our first couple of friends, it was just kind of tough because we didn't really know what to say at first and how to go about it. And like what our feelings were for each other. How did you feel Because I'll tell you from my side, because I've obviously been a fan for a while. I remember when you like first you posted kind of like a declaration post of you guys being together. And I, as a stranger, this sounds as I'm saying the words and I realize I have to continue with the story. I'm realizing how creepy I sound. And I'm very. Oh, no, I'm excited for this. I'm very embarrassed. And I would just like all of us on this trust tree of Zoom to understand that. But this is who I am. And here we go. But I remember seeing that and I was like, fuck, yes, I had a feeling, but I didn't know. And I was excited. (laughs) And I was and it's funny because we talked like I had already asked you to come on scissoring because the bad thing about the last show is I think everybody thought they had to be queer to come on the show. And Mm. luckily, as it kind of progressed, people realized they didn't have to be. You know what I mean? It was like, whatever. Yeah, But I also didn't, then I started to be like, oh my God, did I offend her by like asking her on this fucking lesbian show? And then, but I saw it and I was so happy and I remember sending it to Sarni being like, fuck yeah, we gotta get this lesbian (laughs) on this show. Like, ah. Um, So I wonder when you made your relationship with Aaron public, what was the like lesbian fandom outcry to you like? Like, did, was it a flood? Was it respectful? Like, what what has that been like? And what was that like? Um, I feel like it's been most special with, like, longtime friends that okay. are gay. <laughs> like, I, it, was, it, it wasn't that crazy online. Because I feel like people are still confused. But, like, with the characters, they're like, I'm sorry, are you married to Scott or are you a lesbian? Do you have kids? <laughs> I mean, and how old are you? I think you are married to Scott and I think you are a lesbian. <laughs> I, think, I think we check all the boxes here. You know what I mean? Um, no, but it was nice. It, it's been really, um, I love like the people that reach out and say like, I same thing, like late in life, less, you yeah. know, I was just watching Chelsea Handler's special and she's like, we're losing uh, like women. Like they're, they're done with men. They're just, they're done. They're like late in life. They're like, I've had enough with you and your antics. And I'm, I'm going over to the other side. Yeah, <laughs> truly. And I didn't really like make a declaration like that. I think I just, I just fell in love with Aaron, you know, and, 
and who she is. But um, it's not, it's been nice to like the people that were like, I didn't know what these feelings were. And the people that have said that I've helped them make sense of their feelings and uh, act on them or tell the person or yeah, come out has been really cool. That's exciting. And it was ever, really special. Like, am I going to see you at Dinosaur? I've never been to Dinosaur. I mean, that, do you know what Dinosaur is? What is Dinosaur? Oh, boy. Oh, bro. Oh, God. Do I need to go also, it? It? <laughs> also, can I tell you both how I can't wait to be like to my wife? Because she makes fun of me that I'm just like barely gay. She's just like, you are not the person people should be asking this shit about. I'm like, yes, I am. I know everything about the LGBTQIA community. I don't know what you're saying. I'm actually like a big deal. And um, mm-hmm, yep. Uh, yeah. Um, so Dinosaur is this event that's been happening in Palm Springs for like 20 plus plus years. And like Fortune, another, I'm sure you know, you know, yeah. Fortune oh, yeah. and Jack. Yeah. So Fortune's been performing there forever. They've had like Kehlani, I mean, like major performers have like gone there first, kind of like in their career. It's a it's a big thing, but it's a massive lesbian. It's like fucking Coachella for lesbians. But I'm terrified, oh, wow. and I've never gone. I, I think I this is our year. Is this like Lilith Fair? Do you guys no, it's Fair? not. No, of course Lilith Fair. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not Lilith Fair. It's scarier because it's like. Mm, it's like an EDM festival, but lesbian. It's it's very oh, intimidating. Well, let me just grab my DeWalt. <laughs> Load but that shit I, up with some high noon. You can call it a day. I mean, I need I need to perform at this. I think <laughs> you call my agent. Call your agent if you perform. I'm going, but also I don't do anything <laughs> gen pop, so I need to walk the carpet. So that's like a whole other thing. Um, yeah, but we gotta go. Like that's where it, you know it's funny. I feel like when I sort of I mean and I didn't I had a I wasn't nobody gave a shit about what was going on with me but I didn't, I've never had like a public coming out my parent my mom was really not excited about it even though I have one of my brothers is gay but I had I had some people cool some people not I mean I think it's all a, a mishmash gamut but um you know I I I tried to like kind of do really gay stuff when I first came out and I didn't know if, mm. like dinosaur feels like the gayest thing of all time and I still haven't mm. done it so that I guess that shows you how my journey's going <laughs> what what sort of gay stuff um like I would go to like the abbey there was a great party in LA called booby trap Ooh, yeah did you go to that I think I I think so it was amazing it was on the east side it was in like a basement I would just like go to gay parties like that, you know, and I thought I would go to a pride, even though pride is very, in my opinion, feels very white, gay, male focused, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which like, you know, just dicks on dicks on dicks, uh, which is fine. But yeah, I feel like I did stuff like that. Like I'd like go to gay bars and I'd be like, oh, do I need to hear this like toxic remix one more time like you know what i mean like i don't know (laughs) i don't really like that you know what i mean i'm like oh god you know so i think i tried those things and i've really just settled into like who i am and what it is and and what i love you know about kind of how you've publicly approached it you and aaron it's just like it's your life and like that's like who you love and what it is and i don't think it always has to be some like 
crazy rainbow wash. Though um, I am here to publicly say, give Becky all those pride deals and myself included. Miriam, you're an ally, but please don't get those brand deals. Just give them to the gay <laughs> folks, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Game over. It's in the same time that like Aaron and I were kind of like, yes, we are, we are, we like each other. We're going to pursue this. I had gotten cast as this character on Nickelodeon named Parker J. Cloud, who was a literal rainbow, like a, a non-binary rainbow that was basically came from the dark side, but like was supposed to be the rainbow after the storm. And so like everything in my house is like, it just all was very rainbow everything at that time. And I'm sure a lot of people were like, okay, you know, we get it. But <laughs> I mean, you always were a fan of colors, but there yeah. was definitely, there were more rainbows that came about after yeah. Aaron in this new era. Um, yeah. What um, advice, Becky, have you given Miriam about now being like on a podcast? I mean, I can only imagine you guys have gotten comments and suggestions because don't I know it myself. I don't know what we're going to do when bad reviews start coming in. If they, I know. Like, I know. Because we're we're so insecure and like yeah. we've done episodes where like literally every 10 minutes we're like, oh, what's wrong with us? <laughs> I like oh, yeah. them all. I've listened to them all. I think they're great. I mean, we've done like, some, we heavy all that out. some heavy <laughs> editing. Um, <laughs> what advice have I given? I, God, oh, if you don't remember, I do. <laughs> okay, what if I, yeah, what if I, is it bad? You mean? Okay, no, I mean, we had it on the podcast. Uh, we, we aired it, which was to tell better stories, which I was like, that's the whole point of the year, is that I'm bad at yeah. telling stories. That's the title of our podcast. Um, yeah. You also going to be more animated, which I think is Good, like I think it's good advice. Becky's been giving me good advice. I think the biggest help has been like, because I'm just not used to lights and cameras and microphones, and like I, and also like I would say like Becky's not used to collaborating to this degree on stuff too. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like you know, so used to doing stuff on her own, and like this is the vision, this is what it is, and now she's got my annoying ass being like, but I think it should be this, and I have no experience. Man's like, I've been researching TikTok and SEO, and I think if we up the ante on hashtags, I'm like you're shut the fuck up. It's true, <laughs> but I'm like, it's all so new for me, so I'm like, I want all the advice I can get, but also I'm hypersensitive and insecure about being like I I can design the shit out of a building. And I can do the interiors <laughs> and I like, I, I'm so confident in what I know, but this is clearly like, I'm in over my skis. I don't know what I don't know yet. This I've never even scratched the surface into like what, how social media works aside from like, you know, posting like three times a year. You've got so, jokes though, Miriam. I, I know you got, you got a whole <laughs> notepad of jokes waiting. You're, you're ready for <laughs> yeah, memes. Just start those memes like you got go right. on Twitter just to write out jokes and then repost them on Instagram. You know what to do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think the best or the the thing that I always try to tell anyone is like, because I just got Miriam her first voiceover job <gasps> is just like the thing you learn early on in voiceover is like, even though you're talking into a mic, like pretend you're talking to your best friend. Um, yeah. 
And that same for the podcast, like, don't think about the cameras, don't worry about the lights, you know, you might be having swamp ass and sweating your puss off. Just mm-hmm. like, just talk to me. And just yeah. like be be present and be here. And I think that will produce the most like authentic version of. Yeah. And everything. I think even if I tried, like if I tried to be entertaining, I would fail. Like, I think the only thing that I have to offer is that I can be myself. And like, for some reason, our banter works, you know, you guys like, have we're, great we're legitimately. Banter. Yeah. And we're legitimately like, aside from the couple episodes where we've been like about to get our periods and like hating our lives. Um, I feel like we gen- genuinely are having fun. Like what you're seeing is not yeah. pre-rehearsed. We don't, we go in there not knowing what we're going to talk about, probably to a fault. And then we yeah. figure it out and edit out <laughs> a lot. <laughs> what do you hope people take away from the show? Like, why would you want, like, what if... <laughs> I, I no, I'm not trying. I'm serious. No, listen, and yeah. it's it's such a strange because for me, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. Like Becky, obviously, you've been a pretty public person for a while, and you have all these characters, and I think people are trying to get to know you. And I think having someone that's known you for this long and the how comfortable you are with each other, like even talking about drinking, like talking about yeah. you wanting to like expand outside of architecture, which by the way, I have 1,000 million fucking jobs. So if you ever want to talk about that, I can tell you <laughs> how not to do it. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I think talking about, I think there's a level, because there's that comfortability there and yeah. true like trust, you guys are able to kind of take it down to a deeper level. Is that yep. sort of the point or like, yeah. Or is it, are I, you trying to yeah. teach Miriam how to be concise and telling stories? I don't. It kind of started with that, but I also, it, it started. Okay. Well, I really wanted to do a podcast because I'm in wigs a lot because you know, what we put online is like so chopped up and, and small and, I feel like there's a lot of times there's people in entertainment that you don't really know that they're struggling until it's maybe too late. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear about like someone, you know, going through the tough things as they're going through it because it's like they just, you see a biopic after, you know, of like whatever happened leading up to, you know, their success or their death or whatever it may be. And I just felt like, I want to talk about this stuff while it's messy, while it's fresh, while, you know, Miriam is branching out and doing new things while I'm like traveling all over the world, doing these shows, like building out this, this character performance and, you know, just kind of doing everything and like dealing with, you know, mental health stuff and drinking and, you know, just trying to balance life and relationships and work and, and trying to like, you know, stay happy and and make people laugh. Yeah. I just kind of, I really do just, there's sometimes when I listen to podcasts and and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. Someone else is going through this or someone else feels like this. Or you get that little laugh that pulls you out of whatever darkness you might be in. And that's kind of what I hope our podcast does. Like either can, you know, get you out of your own head and get you to laugh a little bit so you can shake that shell of angst or depression or whatever. Or just to let people know, like, you're not alone or you have a friend and it's us. I agree. I think what, I mean, obviously I, I don't, I don't have like a public, like I'm not a public figure in any way. So I think for me, not yet, Maryam, not yet. For me, like the goal in this is to like, 
I, like, I think one of the things Becky and I, all, like the reason we talk for hours on the phone and like the reason we have like, we bonded over so much stuff that you wouldn't think like on paper, like she's a comic, I'm an architect. Like we're very different, but like when we're together, not only are we like having fun because we have a similar sense of humor, but we also have like helped each other with work stuff and like the creative process and like being when your job is to like create something out of nothing, there are so many parallels between like design and comedy. And I'm sure like every other creative field that I think it's just nice to like talk about those and get the perspective from a completely different field too. Um, So I don't know. I think that, and then, yeah, like the part that's been really fulfilling for me is like, yeah, like Becky said, we haven't gotten any negative feedback yet, which is like, I'm terrified of the day that that starts, but, um, but for now it's like been, people are like the us sharing, like, I think one of the, okay, sorry. I know I'm the worst at this. Becky and I are both like somehow not embarrassed to tell embarrassing stories publicly. And I think there's something really special about that because every single person does embarrassing shit. And so many people hold it in and like will never tell the world or like are mortified at the thought of like that being out there and i just think we all like the more we talk about this shit the more we all have in common with each other whether you're like you know live in different parts of the country or have different political sides or are black or white or gay or straight or whatever it's just like all of us have sharded you know like Why do you have to remind me? I really try to forget it, like deeply, deeply, deeply try to forget that that ever happened. But that's what I'm like. I just kind of love that, like, this is like, let's find more commonalities than like trying to like separate ourselves from everybody. No, listen, I really love it. Like, I'm doing, it was a dry January and then I fell off the map, but I was in therapy by the way you are not alone that i've heard that from so many people (laughs) so many people i've had like a rough this year has been a little weird and a little rough but what and it's been two weeks um but no i really like appreciated you talking becky about like the drinking and the performance aspect of it and just like you get into this like habit and the anxiety wheel it's like really tough and like I was in therapy last week and my therapist was like dude you gotta like fucking knock off the booze for a little bit like I'm not telling you to get sober but I'm telling you to like fucking knock it off and I needed someone to phrase it to me in that way because I've been like oh I'll go on a cleanse or oh I'll do this and I just was like no 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 I need to like knock it off and like think about it differently and I've done dry Januaries and sober October I've done all that shit before it's usually because I want to lose weight because I hate myself um (laughs) i hate my body yay (laughs) um but you know recently it's just been like i'm like no like i'm wasting time i'm like i'm doing this wrong i'm not even having fun anymore like my wife doesn't even drink so i'm just sitting there drinking bread wine like i'm fucking jesus christ or whatever (laughs) you know what i mean and it's like for what i'm not even having fun anymore like it's not like going out with friends and like having a good time it's like to get through and so i really like appreciated that and then 
Miriam, when you talked about like shitting at work, like, oh, that's why I don't go to the office anymore, babe. You know, exactly. but I think it, I think it's like it's a good thing to talk about. And, you know, I just I think the honesty, but I think what's really special about having friends for as long as you guys have known each other and seen each other as children and like growing up is there's that baseline familiarity and trust. Um, yeah. Which is to really circle it back. Ooh, Liz, it's like you've done this before. <laughs> I get insecure because I'm like, oh my God, nobody knows the real me. I have no friends mm-hmm. from that time, just my cousin and my brother. And I don't even know, you know, <laughs> so it is a, uh, it is a little interesting, though. Some people from my past now follow me on Instagram and I'm always oh, and yeah. they like listen to the show and I'm like, is this so weird for you or am oh, I the same? Yeah. Actually, that's my last and final question. Are you guys the exact same, but just in adult and tired bodies as you were as kids or have you are you like different versions of those kids? I mean, I'm a little more pickled. <laughs> same girl. Same <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I Miriam, I would say you seem pretty similar. I think there's yeah, like I think I'm a lot I think I was a really like uptight child. Like I think I was nervous. I was like straight A's, you know, like I, like I just felt like the pressures to be perfect all the time. And I think as an adult, I've like loosened up a bit, which I think is a better version of myself. But I think I like I strive to be the child, like I wanna be a silly like I liked being a kid I had a lot of fun that was the most fun I've ever had in my life why wouldn't I want to continue to be that version you know yeah yeah I think I'm similar in kid like to to my own detriment I mean you're on like nickel you're on Nickelodeon right I don't that's the fucking dream I'm a human cartoon and (laughs) there you go you're a human rainbow cartoon a human rainbow cartoon I wouldn't have it any other way Miriam and Becky's podcast is truly as endearing as they just both sounded in this interview. They are so smart and sweet and funny, and I love the range of topics that they cover on their show. Since launching my last podcast, I have reconnected a little bit with some folks from my childhood on Instagram, and I have to say it's as both nice and weird as it is jarring. It's like I know them but I really don't know them. And, you know, I don't know how they feel about me. And also, like, I think they know me a little bit more than I know them because I'm a little bit more public than most people. Um, So that's a little wild. I will also confess, I asked Becky Robinson to come on my last podcast, A Million Things, as I said during the interview, and I was, like, totally mortified. When I realized and looked at how many times I had emailed her. So I just want to say, Becky, if you've made it this far, thank you so much (laughs) for agreeing to come on the podcast. My 20 year high school graduation anniversary is this year, um, like the 20th reunion. And I am definitely fucking not going. Um, I've had a couple of people reach out. And ask me if I'm going. And by a couple of people, I literally mean two. And one of those people is one of my best friends. And he knew damn well I wasn't going to go. Because for all the things I've kind of said, it's like makes me so anxious to think about going back and being around people that I always felt like I should know and be closer to than I was. I, I can't imagine 
I would feel very good. Also, like, high school was traumatizing. Like, and also now I think with the internet, it's like, I know what all these people look like. Half of them live 20 minutes away from where we went to school and they have like three kids and they married someone from high school, which is earth shattering to me. And here's the thing. I speak to like three or four people from high school. They're the only people that I like. (laughs) You know what's up with me. I know what's up with you. Like, I don't need to go sit there and try to remember who people are, you know? I don't know. See, maybe I'm the problem. It's me. Anyway, I, I'd i love to know if you went to your high school reunion and what it was like. Because I can't imagine unless you peaked in high school, like a reunion would be fun. And I would also say that if you peaked in high school, then like, you ain't got nothing for me at a reunion. You know what I mean? <laughs> 